Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the OrcoCast. My name is the Orcosaurus, and in this podcast, I'm talking to indie game developers about their games and the video game industry in general. So, if you like my show, then please consider subscribing on YouTube, thumb the video up, ring the bell, leave a comment, and if you're listening to one of the many podcast platforms, please consider us giving a review. And if you want to support us, please check out our Patreon. Thank you, everyone, and now on to the show. Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Orcacast. Uh Today with me is Hadrian. Hadrian, hello there. How are you doing? Uh, hi there. Um, I'm Hadrian. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm an indie game developer, and I've been making games for the last few years. That is awesome. Uh, so you have been in touch with me over Twitter. You've asked to come on the show and you sent me your itch.io where you have to prototype yes. games. Exactly. And also you're working on your first commercial project, but we get to that a little bit later. First, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your prototypes you did. Mm, okay. Um, so one is basically Asteroids. Yeah, and uh, one of the... I, I would say that's one of like the first proper games I've made, even though it's not complete. It's probably one of the first ones. Okay. Yeah, but but basically it's it's asteroids, and the other one is um, you're playing a person searching for a ruby. Um, that's the one actually that I finished because it's fairly short. Um, why did you decide to do both of these concepts as a prototype or as a learning experience? What uh, well, what was the decision process behind that? Okay, well, usually when you start making a game or you start with anything really, you start by learning from older projects that were made a long time ago. And retro style games and older games are usually easier to recreate in the current day. So especially for beginners. So maybe not Tetris, but stuff like Pong or for example, Asteroids. So I felt like Asteroids was the um, best thing to start with. Mm -hmm. And for the uh, other game, that was something that I moved on a bit more advanced where I practice with like dialogue like dialogue text um, a text slowly appearing on the screen like a typewriter typewriter effect um, practicing with sound effects I actually made the song that's in the game too so making uh, practicing making the song uh, basically taking a lot of different areas and just making it a little bit better just improving a little bit okay so basically because it was let's say easy to recreate and an easy learning experience that was why you did that yeah I've started off with asteroid something that's already been created something that's fairly easy hmm? and then slowly added something more to it added maybe dialogue boxes maybe added a, a little bit of a theme song maybe added something else so slowly over time expanding what i know that that is that is obviously good and what did you personally now apart from how uh, apart from learning how to do all these things what is a core learning experience you took away from those projects for you? What what was something that was basically an enlightenment? I guess underestimating the amount of tedious work that goes into making games. It is not really about just making just making the game and it's over. It's it's so many different things. It's it's a lot more work than you expect it to be. So when you when you from at least from the that learning experience, now I know when I do start a project, I know whenever I set a deadline, I'm going to add 50% more time to it because I know it takes a lot more time. Yeah, I'm uh, while you while you were saying that I was um, nodding along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. The 
concept a lot of people don't get at the start when they go into the game industry they're like oh yes i'm gonna make my game and it's gonna be amazing yeah i'm gonna make a gta game in minecraft that has skyrim dragons in it yeah yeah no you don't <laughs> yeah of course not. not on your first project yeah not I, on I, any project if you want to make gta get yourself a team like a, a couple hundred people and you'll be good so so I'm, I'm gonna be honest obviously there are some outliers because if you look at i think it was called dust for example yeah dust and elysian tail that one is made by one dev there's always an outlier there right Oh, of course, um, there's, there's some people that are just really, really talented in, in a, many different areas. I mean, as an indie developer, you really, so you, you kind of have to be a bit of a generalist. You have to, like, know a little bit of a lot of things. You don't have to be an expert at everything, but you have to know at least a little bit about a, many different things. And the better you are at those things, the more, I guess, the bigger projects you can make just by yourself, which is very impressive. Exactly. But yeah, um, that that is that is just a side note. So, and you are working, like we already said, on your first commercial project now. So you learned yeah, the ropes, the... so to say, and now you are going to work on your first commercial project. Tell me a little bit about that one. So again, that's just like I did with the Asteroids game, and like I did with the uh, which is called Finn's Quest, a game for a uh, game jam. Uh, I'm gonna iterate more on that. So it's it's going to be a I guess a similar type of feel to the to the game jam Finn's quest like the second game second uh, prototype on my itch page but mm -hmm. it's just going to be better it's going to be more iterated I'm gonna work better on the art and stuff like that but it is a uh, pixel art 2d survival RPG and you're collecting resources by day uh, building your outpost building your hut so you can defend it at night from mo uh, monsters which I'm thinking they come in waves but I'm not I haven't decided on that yet okay yeah I decided um so to just pull one comparison out of your head, it's a pixel art seven taste to die in a way, in a way. Yeah. Obviously yeah. not uh, exactly that. And this is yeah. also not if I compare something that doesn't mean like it's supposed to be like that. I'm just so I yeah, can yeah. Oh, so that's okay. get, get a bit of a concept in my head of the game. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you did you learn to make pixel art yourself? Did you teach that yourself? That's uh, basically everything that comes to game development. I've taught myself. So making the music, I taught myself in FL Studio. Uh, making the pixel art, I taught myself. Making it in A Sprite, and obviously I didn't just go to A Sprite, open the program, and start pu putting in pixels and, and and learn like that. Obviously, I looked at example art. I looked at other people making it. I looked at YouTube videos. Asked a lot of questions. Uh, but slowly I, I, I learned it. So yeah, everything that, uh, that I know about game development, I've learned by myself. Okay. And how was, how was your experience, for example, when, uh, or wait, let me rephrase it. Okay. <laughs> so how was the process for you learning pixel art? Like, I, I think you, you learned everything yourself. Like you said, how, how was that? Actually, for you like learning all these things because you're solo deaf and you have to do so much um did that become overwhelming for you at what point or were you like oh yeah i'm i'm just gonna do it i'm i'm very excited about it definitely this. became overwhelming at a lot of times i I've, I've actually like taken all big breaks at a bunch of different times because it just i felt like i can't do it so i just i was like okay i can't do this i'm, I'm done and then 
a couple months later I'm back in it because I don't know I just feel like I I do enjoy it but it was brutal to to actually learn a, a, any individual part of it because in the beginning you know absolutely nothing and don't know where to start and that's like the biggest problem if you knew where to start you could just follow oh now I do this then I do this then I do this like one by one but when you know nothing and you're learning by yourself you don't know where to start so you need to f I guess that's like the biggest thing to figure out. Where do you start? So that was the hardest part. And where did you start? How did you figure that out? Uh, I figured out by making the smallest possible thing I could. So I didn't first animate the character, obviously. That I, I didn't even know how animation frames worked and all that. I, st I am still not an expert at it, so I'm still fairly new. But I would first make like the smallest thing, maybe a... Uh, Try and make a sword, right? Try making a sword, maybe try making a rock, maybe try... Just, just, just try s the smallest thing you can. And then slowly maybe you can add shading to it. Maybe you can shade the rock, add shadows. You can add maybe add a little bit of a reflection, a bit of a uh, outline, uh, and slowly working up from there. So what I did was just, I needed to fill my game with assets and I kind of wanted it to be my own assets. Uh, I think the only asset that wasn't mine was the tree. So I made the campfire and everything in like the second game. So making making the smallest part of it uh, first is best. And then, and then slowly iterating on it and then making bigger things and then animations and stuff like that. So start, Start small, basically. Start on a small scale and expand. Yeah. Yeah. If you look back, um, how long have you been? I mean, you said you you're at it for three years now, right? Uh, yeah, I've been programming for a long time, which is what got me into game development, I guess. Yeah. But uh, specifically game development, probably around three years, since like 2018, 2019, something. Okay. Like that. So and. In, in this, like, let's say, short time, you learned also everything. The pixel art, the music, everything. Yeah, everything was, uh, oh, everything was learned so one by one, starting small and making it a little bit bigger next time, a little bit bigger. Okay. You said you were programming and that got you into games. Can you give us a little bit of insight about that? What were you working on as a programmer and why or how came the decision to then just, okay, I want to make games, let's well, I've been I've been making I've been playing games for like all my life. I'm I'm fairly young, so but I've been playing games pretty much all my life. I grew up on on Counter Strike 1.6 and Minecraft and stuff like that. So I've been playing games. So I would say that's what got me into both programming and game development. But for uh, programming, I I did a web development in like JavaScript, CSS, HTML, and that's how I actually started learning programming. And then I. I, I guess at some point when I was playing games around 2018, I guess, uh, I started thinking about how some features in the game are made. Like I was maybe playing Minecraft and I thought, how is the world made? Like, how is the world generated like that? So I, I did a little bit of research in it and I realized, oh, so this is how it this is how it's made. And then, oh, so they use an engine. Oh, I'd like to make my own little pro. I want to I want to try that out. And it started off like that, like just wanting to see how it works mm -hmm. yeah okay that's 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 obviously a natural progression after that so you said you curiosity curiosity yeah obviously but it is more of a natural progression if you're already programming a lot of people then say hmm, why not try games then a lot yeah, of people about, find it's all about testing your own limits yeah and then a lot of people find out hey games isn't for me yeah a lot of people try it and they're like oh my god i need a huge team of people and i need all these all these all this proprietary software that i need to buy and, and, and stuff like that exactly so um to 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 pry a little bit further you did um say you are using the godot engine right 
Um, yeah, did I you at one point, did you at one point use any other engine or why did you settle with Godot in the end? Oh, uh, first thing, first engine that I used was, I think, I believe it was Game Maker. And, uh, the, I, I'm gonna be honest, probably the only reason I used Game Maker in the beginning was because it was called Game Maker. So I decided, hey, you know, it's called Game Maker, so it, it's, it's probably good at making games. Uh, so I, 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 I think... I, I made some like on an old laptop. I think I made like a uh, like a Geometry Dash clone or something, like a little tiny little game that I can play, uh, which was to me was pretty impressive how I could do that. Uh, and then I and then I was like, okay, I need something. I need something different. So I, I went exploring. I found Unity, and Unity was good, but at the time was a bit too complicated for me because I was at the time really a beginner. So. I tried to find something with a bit, something a bit easier on the eyes, something a bit more user friendly, and I landed on Godot or Godot. Okay, um, why not? Yeah. Um. So, and did you ever? I mean, you you said you grew up on games and you were always play games. And but is there a game, a specific game you can point to uh, where you say this game made me want to make games? This is my inspiration. That is actually a really good question. I ha I'll have to think about that for a moment. Uh, I will probably have to say that is Minecraft. Even though it's probably a generic answer, but it, it has to be Minecraft. I don't see that as a very generic answer. I, I mean, in my in my interview, nobody ever stated Minecraft, so I can't really say it's yeah, a Minecraft generic answer. Sort of like the, Minecraft is sort of like the... When I thought about it, I'm like, every time you make the world, it's a different world based on the seed. Yeah. And how is that all made? Like, how do you, how do you make this huge infinite quote-unquote world and make it all run and not absolutely break your and, and, and set your computer on fire so that was that was like the thing that i i guess that that's what got me into programming and also using like for example command blocks in minecraft that was that was also pretty fun okay so minecraft and its versatility minecraft. is your greatest inspiration is there anything of minecraft an element or a gameplay mechanic that you would uh, basically like to make happen in your first commercial game as well uh that would be the procedural terrain so i wouldn't like the player to just you know start the game every for example they don't like the where they are currently something went wrong in their world they want to make a new world i don't want them to start a new world and everything looks the same i kind of want them to have a completely new experience every time they start a new world so mm -hmm. i want to figure out which i'm still figuring out how to use uh how to procedurally generate a tile map uh and 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 create a create a world and how to procedurally generate it all yeah, yeah that sounds good mm. uh, i think procedurally generation since this is a big thing at the moment also in the gaming industry um, because there's so many games that have procedurally generated uh maps yeah, and have, everything yeah you... maps and yeah like for example dungeons uh roguelike stuff like that yeah. maybe you you can just find a plugin or something for it i probably I, I probably i probably can but the usually way i do it the usual way i, way I do it is i go the the hard way around because i don't know any other way and when i finish it i realize that there was an easier way <laughs> okay <laughs> that's, that's, that's one how it goes. that that's one way of doing it absolutely um i respect that yeah thank you okay so do you um like when you first start out as a game developer um and i i know that too too well as well because i i do some game development too yeah um do you ha did you have like these grand grandiose ideas in your head uh what you could all do and what 
could all be and then uh, once you realized hey you know that the GTA uh, with with Skyrim dragons you referred to earlier <laughs> yeah um, so something something like that before before you started out did you have an idea like that's that? how every idea starts for me it starts okay. off as oh I would like to do this oh oh what if I had this one more thing oh what 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 about this just just this one thing oh what about doing this and it just keeps adding on and on and on and on and then in the end I'm like okay this is just too much I don't want to do it <laughs> so that's how it ends yeah um, definitely I definitely that's every idea is like that yeah I know um a, a lot a lot of I mean this this is a problem that ties into the the Minecraft stuff basically we talked about earlier um yeah. a lot of indie devs tend to overscale their first projects Oh yeah, um, of course. And you need uh, a sort of a sort of discipline over yourself to keep your scopes uh, reasonable. It doesn't have to be small. You don't need a small scope, but you need a reasonable scope. Yes, you you, you have to see what you can actually manage. Yeah, because you don't want to burn yourself out. I mean, once you burn yourself out, that's it. It's not it's not just about burnout. I would argue it's also about making a quality product because you yourself have to know what you're capable of, what you're willing to do, and how where your strengths as a developer are. Yeah, you right? can make you can make a game with one million different features and it's that it has so many features it's it it's so packed full of it, but it's it's just all mediocre every feature in it is just oh it's just okay at the the max end it's okay that's like the best it can be okay or you can make a smaller game with a smaller scope less features you know it's 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 smaller but everything is amazing in it so you can choose between having a lot of things being mediocre or a few things being absolutely amazing yeah exactly (laughs) is there is there anything you see from your uh indie or from your from your deaf colleagues and when you when you browse twitter or anything is there anything where you say ah yeah this this is something i personally wouldn't do or is there is there like a trend in the indie game community you don't really like at the moment um i'll have to think about that for a moment (laughs) (laughs) i would say the the main thing that that kind of bothers me is people trying to reinvent the wheel like it, it is it is important to make a unique game to make to make the game original but it, it's not needed to completely reinvent the wheel to completely make such a unique game that nobody even knows how it works like it's okay to use other concepts that are already tried and true and improve upon them in your own unique way instead of completely starting from scratch and making something unique which may work that that is that may work but usually that's bad idea that i i agree with that usually iteration is more or or is a very common thing that happens in the game industry we we see it all the time basically you you had what was the first battle royale you had uh pubg um then apex came out and then fortnite and everyone and everyone jumped on that and they all bring their kind of like niche aspect to it uh when it comes to battle royale like apex has more this um hero style shooting while fortnite has the building aspect they took that out now but yeah but yeah. has more of like the real like a, a realism thing they they are more they are but more they're all, they are all when you describe them what is what is pubg what is fortnite what is apex apex legends you can just say they're battle royale games you don't have to yeah. go into detail a, a whole page about what the game is you can just say battle royale and everybody just knows what it, what that is yeah exactly but like a like the 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 thing is um also that they are distinct 
from enough from each other and all bring something to the table that some of the people can identify with. Yeah, some some sort of unique spin on it. So take an existing existing concept that is that you like and then put your own unique spin on it because you don't want to completely copy somebody else. Because why would somebody choose your game over another game that's exactly the same that's already published, already has a lot of trust put into it and the developers and the publisher and and already has earned a lot of money why would somebody choose your game which is just some one person published it and nobody knows about it and or, or they can choose a, a the same game but just better if it's completely the same if, if you don't put your own spin on it unique spin yeah exactly um i mean that i feel like this spin could also be subtle though but that's that's more that's more me oh um, the spin can that, be subtle but just that there is one it just that yeah. it exists yeah it, it Exactly. Carbon copies usually don't do that well. Okay, so if you um are you are you a one man show? I'm pretty much a one man show. I I don't have a problem with uh, partnering up with other people, but until I actually have a product that I really think will do well, I don't think I'll partner up with anybody yet. But so far, just a one-man show. But I don't have a problem with like partnering up with somebody. Okay. Do you plan on when you when you start developing your commercial product? Do you plan on getting some external help with contractors, or you? I mean, I, I basically already know the answer to that question. You probably won't, but I still ask. Um, do you probably do not. you do it all by yourself? Uh, probably not. But if if for example a publisher, this is not right now, but but once I have an actual good demo that I can show off, um, if a publisher contacts me or, or some investor or somebody and they enjoy the game and they actually offer a, a reasonable contract, <laughs> then uh, sure, why not? I actually wouldn't mind, but so far I'm not sure. So, uh, so for, for the time being, I'm, I'm just a one-man show. Okay. Um, do you have a day job to sustain yourself while you work on games? Uh, web development. So I, I, I make websites. Okay. So you, you basically work, uh, your, your website, to, um, developer by day and a game dev by night. By night. Definitely by night. <laughs> okay. I, I don't sleep. How, how does that, how does that impact you, your game development, um, that you have a day job? Is it more like, yeah, I can handle that. I can basically split the two just fine. Or is it more like when you sit at work, oh, I would leave a pro, uh, I would love to program on my game a little bit more. Do you like veer off in that territory or can you just divide just fine? I think that when I, when I'm not working on the game, when I'm doing something else, um, I do think that that actually benefits game development, in my opinion, because I actually get excited to go back and work on my game. Because if I work on it too much, I will get bored of it. I will, I will get burned out. So I think that doing other things besides game development will actually get you excited to go back to game development. It'll, it'll at the end of the day, you'll be like, oh, I, 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 I'm finally, like, I'm finally ready to go back to my game. And then you, after, after a hard day's work, you log off, and then you boot Godot up immediately and stuff. Yep, that's how it goes. <laughs> Usually, I, I, there's no sleep involved. There's no sleep. So, uh, but how how do you plan on keeping yourself healthy? I mean, that's also a thing. Uh oh. Uh, for example. Well, to to keep my brain calm, I I usually meditate. Uh, at usually in the morning and which is which is important you should do that and i i usually jog in the morning as well so i i i understand i i spend a lot of time in front of the computer most of the day in front of the, because and and it is a it's it's quite 
taxing on your body even though you might not think of it you're like oh yeah he's just sitting down it's it's pretty bad for you to sit down that much so it's, it's good to uh, go for a run in the morning or at least just get off turn off all the screens just sit down and meditate for a little bit just to get to clear your mind from everything and maybe a cool idea pops in your head right after that is yeah that that sounds, sounds something you can do um okay so I think we are so halfway through the um, talk. Do you want to share anything with the audience? Like, where can we find you? Um, your links? Um, where do you update on your game development efforts? You can uh, you can just soft find me uh, on Twitter, HadrianDev. You can just follow me there. Uh, I still don't have a website to show for the game because the game is very early in development. But you can follow me on Twitter and um, I'll keep you updated right there. So, yeah. And you can check out my itch page. So All these links are in the description. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the gaming industry as a whole. We already had one question, like what's your least favorite trend within the indie gaming space? And you said reinventing the wheel. Uh, let's let's get this question a little bit more broadened up. All right. What's the one trend you absolutely dislike currently in the gaming industry as a whole? Loot boxes. <laughs> Loot boxes, the usual boxes. suspects. Uh, I'm I'm already further down the line. I say NFTs, uh, they're equally oh. as awful. I, I definitely, I, I have to agree with that. NFTs too. If you can, if you, there's one thing you can keep out of games, just the one, you can, you can keep loot boxes. Sure, I'll, 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 I'll let that pass. But NFTs are just a whole, just, just leave it. Don't, don't put it in game, games. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you something. They can keep both away from us. Yeah. Oh, oh, that would be, that's the best case scenario. But that's, uh, that's a far reach in the industry. <laughs> that is a, that is a, a dream. Uh, what, what, uh, and, and why do you despise loot boxes and NFTs so much? What's your reasoning behind it? Uh, loot boxes is, well, I would say it's basically gambling. Um, and when you think of, okay, the, the usual usual uh, stereotype of the gamer usually being a kid, even though most are kids, uh, still there are, of course, adult people who play video games and that's normal. But major I would say majority of, of, of people who play games are kids. So if they if you get them hooked on loot boxes, uh, not really a not really a good thing. Yeah. yeah um it's it's one thing that the gambling stuff obviously and uh, my reasoning personally would also be that they just try to nickel and dime gamers for everything because oh yeah you already pay not not with every game mind you there's free to play games who do that too but you already play play like uh, pay your 60 upfront 60 euros 60 dollars yeah. 60 whatever <laughs> currency you are um it's now 70 and 80 in some oh, yeah. respects definitely <laughs> uh and then they want extra extra funding right oh yeah then you also have like 200 euros or dollars for uh dlc and also don't forget the loot boxes in the game which you're gonna spend god knows how much money on that some people spend thousands i've grown up in a time where i mean now the dlc is a bit better than it was at the start when it all started uh it was hard horse armor but i'm i'm actually somebody who grew up with expansion packs do you know what expansion oh. packs are uh basically adding more content to the game yes and and it worked like this so what what they would do is they would bring out a game and it if it was successful enough to warrant it six months later or a year later down the line they would release an expansion pack that was basically half the game again that is and, amazing 
<laughs> and you had to go to the store to buy it and it was exactly half the price of the original game so we we are at a point now where we actually get these expansion packs and they're just called dlc at the start like i said the dlc was awful um and but but i'm okay with that like if you if you present me an opportunity uh, I, i'll happily get it right uh yeah. and and like i i want something for my money i i just don't want skins or some other stuff that yeah, I and just also can look at when you if the game does have a DLCs, basically what you're or, or, or this is not for every game but DLCs obviously, but for a lot of like the top games, you you pay for the game, which is basically having access to buy the DLC. So you're paying to pay for DLCs. Yes. Because when you do pay the game, the game is just a bare bones skeleton. If you want more, you have to also buy the DLC. So you're just paying to be able to pay for more. Yeah, but that like I said, that that these expansion packs did the same. So you had to own the main game to play the expansion pack. I I'm not against that concept because oh, yeah, me neither. I, I feel like that the value is there. But what I what I don't like is like or where I don't see value in is like buying DLC skins or whatever. I do it sometimes when I really really like a game. Uh, I played Hunt Showdown for example for a very long time and for i have like 400 hours clocked in on steam and i i just like i buy sometimes skins on games like that to show the developers my appreciation that i enjoy their project i don't like don't want to do anything with skins or anything like i don't give a hoot but yeah. i i feel like if you if you enjoy a pro uh, product enough you can do that and that's why i'm okay with dlc in a way and then we get to the to the loot boxes and everything i i that that's where i draw the line personally like yeah loot boxes nfts and that stuff we don't need that like just use dlc dlc is a good concept now that's established most people don't have an issue with it uh don't overdo it offer value for money maybe and then maybe people will buy your product that that is yeah. that is probably the main takeaway i mean it's also an ultra competitive market and if you offer uh, money uh, value for uh value for the money you might not be bought that that's the other thing so, yeah um but yeah in, in general my advice to every aspiring dev is offer value for the money and don't be afraid to low price your game like don't don't be afraid to just in quotation charge two dollars three dollars whatever you charge whatever you want to it's your game you charge yeah. however much you want if you want to charge a hundred dollars charge a hundred no one's gonna buy it but hey charge a hundred if you want to yeah if you yeah, want to make it free make it free it's all up to you yeah but that that's what i what i wanted to say is like maybe not charge a hundred if you want to be bought and seen yeah, exactly <laughs> the, the, the ex it depends on what you want if you just yeah. want a, like a portfolio project make it free if yeah. you want a something to give you maybe a uh, a side income or maybe something to finance future games bigger games um price it reasonably where you'll get the most people to buy it or if you just are insane <laughs> price it at a hundred dollars do whatever you want depends on or if what you, you need if you want to loan the money you can price it at two hundred dollars that's also something oh. Steve, happened that happened on of Steam. course of course <laughs> and <laughs> so, um, i'm not giving advice how to launder money uh don't do that that's illegal yeah definitely uh, just as a disclaimer <laughs> not that definitely anybody now says eh. so and if you if you to to get back uh, to to go away from the negativity a little bit what is your favorite trend about the gaming industry currently uh favorite trend is that 
that i guess i don't have a favorite mm, that is, that's a good question too <laughs> um i would say it's the fact that more people are getting into game development that more people are at least trying it um i wouldn't say that there are more game developers because the more game developers there are the more saturated the market is but um the the fact that the more people are trying it is a good trend the fact that people give it a go which maybe you won't like it maybe you're not you just won't enjoy it but maybe it's you're gonna find your own like hobby for the next decade who knows exactly and um, that also goes back to one thing that i really really like uh i think that the in general the um in general the uh Okay, let me rethink. Okay, in general, making games got more accessible. You had it at the start with Steam when they started opening up, and now we have Xbox, who were the second that opened up to Indies, and now everyone is just uh, opening up to Indies. Yeah, so based the accessibility to, if you want to make a game, you can just go online, do a few Google searches, download a few things, and, and you can just start making it. Doesn't mean you're going to be a successful game developer, but hey, you can be a game developer. You can make yeah. a game. Yeah. And you can also, without a problem, publish it. Yeah, you can. You have things like, for example, HIO, which is a wonderful service. Yeah. Uh, I will also just say, if you don't use HIO, what are you doing with your life? Because yeah, it obviously. has some amazing games on there. Um, it has amazing um, games. They're all reasonably reasonably priced. Um, it has it has it's such an in, insanely large library and insanely high value for its for its. Or, or, or high amount of content for the value. And my favorite thing about this, about it is everything is DRM-free. Yeah. I am a huge advocate for DRM-free stuff because I feel like... And, and this is still something, a, a preconceived notion that is still also very much alive in the gaming industry is piracy. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like piracy does nothing. Like, you, of piracy, course, you might piracy lose... Piracy in the game is, at least my... Sorry for cutting you off, but yeah. I, I feel like, uh, in my opinion, piracy is, in, in a way, it, it it is a good thing, in, in a way. In a way. I, I was I was about to come to that, but, but oh, let, me, <laughs> let me just... <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Just let me t t tell you a, yeah, a little story. Yeah, I just had story. to inject. I had to inject. Yeah, that's, uh, that's okay. Um, I will say this. Piracy will not make you lose a lot of sales. It might lose your couple of sales, but who cares, right? Um, yeah, who cares? Most people who pirate your game w wouldn't play it anyways, wouldn't pay for it anyways. Um, that That is... Each pirated copy is a lost sale is such a huge fallacy um, that that's just not a thing. And the other thing is, and this is this is a, a a life story. I had I had the pleasure to meet Lloyd Kaufman one day. And if you don't know who Lloyd Kaufman is, Lloyd Kaufman is the head of Troma, uh, a movie studio based in New York. And he actually told me that <laughs> Russian pirates started pirating their movies and. It got, they got so popular over there that fans started importing their DVDs. <laughs> so in turn, they got more sales in, from a region they weren't even serving at the start. And then they got such a huge amount of orders in that they had to, out of nowhere, like pull up something that they could serve that region. Yeah. And he told me that story personally, and I believe him. Like he, he always said, oh, piracy is a good thing. I love piracy. Pirate my shit as much as you want. If you can pirate the game, go ahead, distribute it. You know, share it with your friends. Share it with everybody. Uh, <laughs> just share it with the whole uh, with the whole world. Put it on the internet, sure. Or, or illegal. Like, in my opinion, all it gives is uh, 
Oh, it gives you exposure for your game. Yeah, for, really for, just just as a disclaimer, I do not condone piracy. <laughs> just Nobody here condones piracy. We're just we're just you know we're just talking about it. Yeah, we're just talking about it. Yeah. I, I just want to make sure that everybody knows I do not uh, condone. Yeah, but but yeah, like I said, like piracy piracy is like a, a issue that is actually actually just niche and not really existent. I feel like. Yeah. Um. So are you are you actively still gaming a lot, or did that take a backseat since you started uh, game development? I I'd say I'd say it definitely took a backseat. I I definitely don't play games as much as I used to. I still do play games, but um, uh, when I did start making games, I I I just slowed down with the uh with the gaming. It definitely took a backseat. I I I I'm not sure exactly why. Sure, exactly why. <laughs> probably yeah, I, because I you pour it. all your all your time into the development. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. So, but when you play, what are you playing? What what what's some of your favorite games you like to play? Favorite games, I would say, pretty much any older Call of Duty game, uh, any of the uh, Modern Warfare franchise games, Modern Warfare One, Two, Three, uh, the, re the Remaster. Mm. Of course, Minecraft, I have to bring that up again. Um, Terraria. Uh, I played Stardew Valley recently, and I actually had a chance to uh, talk to the developer of Stardew Valley, which was pretty cool. A few uh, a few other games, I would say... Mo I don't play mobile games, really. I, I'm i not the mobile gamer, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, I'm not a mobile gamer either, except you count the Switch as a mobile. Yeah, I, I also device. enjoy um, games made by uh, Paradox, so I enjoy... Real-time strategy games, Crusader Kings. I enjoy Euro Europa Universalis, Hearts of Iron 4. I think I think these these are kind of the games we Europeans are meant to play. Oh, you know? Europeans love these games. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They, you, you can't. You couldn't. You couldn't like get an American. To, I mean, most Americans probably not to play that. But I feel like that's that's just such a holistically European thing to oh, play yeah. Crusader Kings or to, Europa to, Universalis. To play your country's kingdom like. Uh, yeah. 700 years ago and uh have your dynasty and everything that's 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 a europe that has to be a european that's that's yeah that, that that is a very european thing actually yeah and and i i'm living for it so there is that yeah yeah but but those are like good good games so yeah how long have you personally been playing video games well what's like the rough estimation of video games probably i played on my friend's computer when i was maybe five i think i think maybe when i was five i played like my first game which was probably gta san andreas or it was or it was the counter-strike 1.6 one of those two yeah and how long have you been gaming overall man? overall the amount of years yeah uh, the amount of years well i am 18 years old i'm really young so yes uh, you're what <laughs> i'm 18. <laughs> Shit, you're barely I'm almost in. 19. I'm almost 19, but I'm 18. You're, you're barely out of the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, barely. Uh, yeah, barely. Yeah, barely out of the art part. I'm very young, so I I, I, I can't relate to the to the really older games, like the really older games. But um, I would say I've been gaming for. I'm I'm not sure. I, I've been gaming for maybe. I mean, when years. you started with five, the math is pretty easy. Yeah, 12, 13, 13, I guess. I've been gaming oh, 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 <laughs> over oh, a lot longer. 
<laughs> yeah, a lot longer. A lot longer. Yeah. Um. So and so you would you would you uh, want to work in the video game industry if it works out for you? Uh, I would actually. I I, I would like to do. if if I could turn my hobby. Or some people have like um say it's a bad thing if you turn your hobby into a job you're not gonna enjoy it anymore i i i think it's different for me i i think i would enjoy it if i could turn this hobby into a job so that would be pretty cool either by myself working on my own game or working for another studio that would be pretty cool too i feel like i feel like people who say that are full of bullshit it depends also yeah. how you how you how your relationship with the hobby is i mean i i if, if you're more casual about a hobby you shouldn't turn it into a job um on the other hand if you're not uh, if you're like really deep into something and it's your absolute passion i would say turn it into a job because you at would least you won't hate it <laughs> yeah at least you won't hate it obviously yeah that's like the, the bare minimum at least you won't maybe you won't love it anymore at least you won't hate your job there's always and and this is something uh i i wanna i wanna give everyone out in no job in the world you have always good times there's always bad times with it the good and the bad you have to see how you how you proceed with it yeah of course yeah okay so do do you have any famous last words for our audience last words <laughs> um well i have to think about that this is my last words i have to think about it <laughs> okay wait 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 we, we postponed the last words and let, let's just do a little bit more oh um, sure is there is is there any particular game genre you dislike? Uh, I wouldn't say I dislike any genre. I, I I have a feel a similar way about music. I don't really dislike a specific genre. Um, I can pretty much listen to anything, and I, for games, I can play anything as long as I kind of as long as it's fun, I will play it. So it doesn't matter the genre. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, do you? <laughs> How do you think video games can save the world? Uh, videos, video games can save the world by, um, I would say, being even more accessible, being even more, having more people try it, being more, being more um, accessible to a younger audience and to an older audience. How do you define accessibility? Uh, basically, um, uh, accessibility to, to, to tools to make video games, to um, software, uh, not really having to, to pay a lot of money or go through a whole process to start making games it would be much better if somebody can sit down decide they want to make games and in a few minutes get everything set up or in like an hour set up and they can start so i would say that's accessibility making it making it easier to to make the games and uh yeah the more people make games the more people they'll uh, the more people will understand them and um i guess that's how they would save the world <laughs> okay um I have a question. Um, so you didn't disclose your location at the start, so I won't either. Yeah. But you told me where you're from. And yeah. How? Uh, let's put it that way. How is your geographical location influencing your game development? That's actually interesting. Um, because I know. Of, I mean, I will. I will say you're from Eastern Europe, right? And I know a lot of uh, developers from Eastern Europe. Um, and I always found, or if you just look in general, also those I don't know personally, if you just look at Eastern European deaths in general, they always have a very distinct style. I don't know how to describe 
ripe that. But if you, if you, for example, look at Stalker or at Metro, oh yeah, there, or just there's definitely an Eastern European style of making games. Yeah, yeah, you you understand what I'm referring to, right? Oh yeah, I know exactly. What how <laughs> how how does your cultural heritage, your Eastern European heritage, um, influence your games? Would you say it influences them at all? I actually wouldn't say it influences them. I, 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 I mean, the culture influences me, which influences making the game, but per particularly the, the culture influencing the game, I wouldn't I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say so. Maybe for some uh, different genre, if I made a different genre, but from a, for so far what I've made, I don't think it has uh, influenced it. Okay, that, that is... Okay, now any famous last words? Famous last words, I would say if you're thinking about getting into game development and you haven't already, just try it. Maybe you'll like it. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll hate it. But just try it. It's not going to hurt. Plenty of tools, plenty of things to do. Uh, different, So many different genres, different stuff you can do. Make cool friends. So give it a try. Awesome. Okay. Then uh, thank you for being here, Hadrian. It yeah, was an you, absolute uh, pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was nice being here. And I'm the Orcosaurus. You can find me on twitch.tv slash You can find me on all socials as the Orcosaurus. And if you want to support the Orcocast and everything else I do, you can look up my Patreon, the Orcosaurus. And with that, I bid you all a farewell. Stay amazing and thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.